The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, thank you so much for joining us. And a, a quick plug again, reminder to please use our podcast services. You just can go to any podcast app that you have and just put in from the median and type in the person that you want to listen to and up it pops and away you go. Our guest right now is a very dear friend and somebody who's been on the program many times. And I have asked her to come back on the program right now because we are facing all kinds of, I don't know what else to say other than wackiness. There's so much wackiness going on in the world at the moment, particularly in America. And of course, I am talking about Dr. Jennifer Roback-Morse. And before we get introduce you, I want to just tell you a little bit more about Dr. Jennifer Roback-Morse in case you've forgotten. She's the founder of the Ruth Institute, which is an interfaith international coalition to defend the family and build a civilization of love. She was the campaign spokeswoman for the California Proposition 8 campaign, defining marriage as the union of a man and a woman. She has authored or co-authored six books and spoken around the globe on marriage, family and human sexuality. Her work has been translated into Spanish, listen to this now, Spanish, Chinese, Korean, Polish and Chikusi, Chikusi the native language of the Mariconian Islands. Her latest book is The Sexual State. Well, her latest book at this, the book we're going to talk about right now is The Sexual State, how elite ideologies are destroying lives and why the church was right all along. Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Molly. It's always a pleasure. So did I say the name of that language, Chikusi? I think it's, I think it's called, uh, <laughs> so, okay, we'll figure it We'll figure it And it's, the, and it's the Micronesian islands. And that was such an interesting thing. I received an email. This must have been 10 or 15 years ago by now. I got an email from a, from a fellow who is a chaplain and he works with men in, in prison in the Micronesian islands. And he had read my article that I wrote way back when I worked for the Hoover Institution called Parents or Prisons. And it was about fatherless men being so at risk for ending up in the criminal justice system. And he wanted to share that article with the men that he was working with in the Micronesian Islands. And I'm like, absolutely. How could I possibly say no to that? You know, Um, so that's the story of how. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. It's funny how, you know, Jennifer, when you when you when we do God's work, God does he just uh, he astounds us always. I'm always like blown away by what he does for us all when we yeah. trust in his word and when and and in him and his glory. I mean, it doesn't always look like glory when it's happening, but it's always glory at the end of it. So, <laughs> yeah. you and I are both in the line of work where we we put. We don't sell a product to somebody, and when we sell the product, we know we've sold it. We get the money; they got the stuff. We, what we do is we blast the world with information and ideas and 
um, and, and suggestions, right, and po- you know, possible courses of action, we blast the world with that stuff, and we never know who picks it up. That's right. We never know the influence that it has, you know? So, you know, I write and, and give public speeches, and you're on the radio. I mean, it's, what could be more ephemeral than radio waves, you know? Yeah. Um, but we know for a fact that people are listening. Absolutely. To Absolutely. And they are doing things because of things that we have said to yeah. them. And you know, you know so, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think that that's one of the, the humbling things of what you went, you know, when we do this work is that is, is recognizing that you make sure before you start. And I do this all the time. I've got a, a little wooden cross here that I bought back from Jerusalem and I hold it often during my, during my uh, interviews just because it's, it's God's work. It's not my work. It's not your work. It's, it's God's work. And if we, if we remember that, then I think this is, you know, this is how you, Spread the word of God by just by the yes. actions, by, by, by the words you say. So, but now let's talk about the sexual state. I really do. You came to, uh, to our convention last year, I think it was. Um, and, and you, you talked about this book, The Sexual yes. State. If folks, if you want to, to get Jennifer's full presentation, go to bringingamericabacktolife.org and just type in her, her name and it'll pop up and you can actually just watch the whole video and the whole tape of, of her presentation. Absolutely outstanding. But I wanted to pull it, I wanted to bring it back up to the front again, Jennifer, because, you know, we are all dealing with this, with this transgenderism, with this breakdown of marriage. Your book talks about, it focuses on three major things, the contraceptive ideology, the, the divorce ideology, and the gender ideology. Go into that a little bit. I mean, you, you, you answer some questions as you go through your book. Tell us a little bit about how did you get, how did you identify those as the three oh, major issues? That's a long story, but just, just to be clear about the, the title of the book, these three ideologies, which I'll mention in, in, in a minute, all of them are part of our social order today because elites, wealthy people, powerful people, influential people have used the power of the state to bring this, to, to put these things into the structures of society. So when they start yammering at you about allowing everybody to choose what they want, that is a smokescreen. And you need to identify that right away as a big red flag that this person either doesn't know what they're talking about or they're up to no good, okay? Because what has happened to us, and you can see it most clearly this moment with the gender ideology, with the whole transgender issue, there is no grassroots demand for transgenderism, okay? Is that absolutely obvious to everybody listening? And, you know, anybody with an IQ over 10 should be able to see that this is not coming up from bubbling up from the grassroots spontaneously to solve some obvious and necessary problem. No. It's coming from the top down. It's coming from extremely wealthy foundations and individuals and the government itself. They are using the government itself to wipe out the difference between male and female out of law and society. That's what they're doing. Okay. And so that's what that's why I call the sexual state, you know. That without the power of the state, we wouldn't be looking at any of this stuff, right? So uh, just just to have that as a, as a mm-hmm, basic overview. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as to the three interlocking ideologies, as you said, it's the contraceptive ideology, the divorce ideology, the gender ideology. The contraceptive ideology, the sexual revolutionaries believe and promote the idea that a good and decent society 
should wipe out the different wipe out the connection between sex and babies okay that sex should be normally a sterile activity and that a good society makes it so you can have all the sex you want without ever having a live baby okay and it, you know if you have quirky lifestyle preferences and you happen to want a baby okay fine maybe you can have maybe you know when you're 45 or some darn thing you know but but normatively the laws of society the social practices should be organized around the idea that sex and babies are completely separated things um and i'm sure all of your followers are going to recognize that all of your pro life people are going to recognize the fact that that's the drive that's that's where the drive for abortion on demand comes from absolutely it's to prop up this desire you know to have this um so so that's the contraceptive ideology the divorce ideology says that a good society should separate both sex and babies from marriage and so you don't have to be married in order to have sex you don't have to be married in order to have a baby and what's underneath that what is never fully stated um is that children don't really need permanent relationships with their parents say um there's no need for you for me as a woman to connect in a permanent manner to a man who's then going to be the father of all of the children I will ever have in my life because the kids don't really care they don't really need that right and so if i uh, if i'm married for a while and have have a, have two or three kids with one man get divorced marry somebody new have kids with another person the kids will be fine with that the first batch kids will be fine the second batch kids will be fine the kids will be fine you know um and if i marry somebody who has kids of their own now my kids have step kids have um step siblings uh, and then when we divorce he leaves takes his kids with him the fact that those step siblings are not siblings anymore that's not going to bother them they'll be fine they don't care about that you know yeah. that's what we're expected to believe and that's what the young people of america have to put up with today and i call that whole package of all of those policies that separate sex and babies from marriage <clears throat> that say that marriage is not the proper context for childbearing okay um all of that comes under the heading of the divorce ideology mm-hmm. and you can see that third party reproduction sperm donation egg donation surrogacy all of that is a special case a particularly horrendous special case but a special case of the idea that kids don't really need the attachments to their biological parents. Okay. Um so that's the divorce ideology. And then finally the gender ideology says that uh, the differences between men and women are not in any way substantial or significant and a good society should really wipe out all the differences between men and women and really in the end wipe out the legal categories of male and female from law and society. Okay. And so when I put it that way, <clears throat> and this is the one that's the hardest to explain in one sentence in a way because it's morphed from one thing to the next, you know. Absolutely. You can see that there is some connection between some forms of feminism and then the gay ideology and now the transgender ideology. All of those are um different different instances of the same overall species, you could say. Um or the species what we're saying is that this category of ideas is that male and female is nothing substantial and you can overwrite male and female if you have some important social goal in mind like equality or personal autonomy right you could overwrite 
the differences between male and female. And in fact, that's a good society has an obligation to do that. Okay. And, and so that's not, and that's not to do it and not to do it is abusive. Not to, to not do it is abusive. Yeah. You know, in other words, mm-hmm. the, the difference between uh, being, a, being a man and being a woman is so insubstantial that if you have a 15 year old who, who thinks they were quote born in the wrong body, it would be abusive for you to not help that girl change the, change the contours of her body and make modification to her body so that she can be a boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because her autonomy is more important than any of the, anything that has to do with the body itself. Mm-hmm. And so you can see when you put it that way and you see that, it, and you see that it's, that that's what it is, you can see it's a, it's a form of Gnosticism. It's a form of mind body dualism. Um, that asserts that the spirit is superior and the body is somehow ephemeral and 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 not especially important. So it's it's the oldest heresy, one of the oldest heresies that Christianity has has had to deal with. It just keeps re reasserting itself yeah. in different forms. Yeah. And and with all the technology that we have and all the scientific hubris that we have in modern times, you know, we're doing things that the you know the ancient Greeks and Romans, pagan as they were, could could not have dreamed of, right? Um, however decadent they were, we can talk to them. <laughs> Absolutely. We can talk to them because we got medicine and science and technology. Oh my goodness. Yes, you are so right. This is, uh, uh, if, you, if anybody is, is intrigued, and I'm sure you all are that are out there listening, the book that Jennifer wrote and is talking about right now, and we're going to get into more questions about it, but it's called The Sexual State, How Elite Ideologies Are Destroying Lives and why the church was right all along. And you can get that by going to thesexualstate.com and purchasing the book right there. Please go and read it. This is what we need to understand where we are in order to be able to fix the problems that we have right now. We have to understand. And Jennifer's book helps us to, it walks us through. It gives you the apologetics, for want of a better word, to be able to defend and, def- and, and support God's plan for us as human beings. So really the sexual state and go to um, sexualstate.com, purchase the book, read it, understand what we're dealing with so that we can go forward. Jennifer, there are, you answer some questions and, and you actually state this at the, you know, in, in the lead up to the book as well. So you, one of the questions that you say that, that you do answer in the book is, did the sexual revolution just sweep through society like a mindless force of nature? Or did powerful people actively promote it? Ah, it's so obvious now, isn't it? Mm. Powerful people actively promoted it. And I think pro-lifers can take some comfort, if you want to call it comfort. But I don't know. We should do a victory lap or pack our, pat ourselves on the back or something for the fact that we were the first people to really see this. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, in, in other words, the pro-life movement has understood from the beginning that they were dealing with billionaires who think there are too many people in the world. Okay, so all of the rhetoric about female empowerment, yada, yada, yada. Yes, there is all, there are all of those arguments, right? But behind that, behind those people, financing those people, uh, you know, uh, building them up, making sure that there are plenty of those people making those kinds of arguments are people with lots and lots of money who think there are too many people in the world. Mm-hmm. Population control is the end game of the contraceptive ideology. Do not yourself. Female empowerment. Look, if they were about female empowerment, they would have been screaming bloody murder over the one child policy. That's right. So right? And what did absolutely. We hear? What, what did we hear from um, mainstream feminists over the 
uh, over the one child policy, forced abortions, including forced abortions, including people having their house knocked down by the birth control police for having a so-called illegal child. What did the feminists have to say about that? Crickets. That's what crickets. And they were sending Planned Parenthood over there to help. You know, did did they even need Planned Parenthood's help? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But but that's that's how you can know that there's something that that the the rhetoric, you just have to put the rhetoric aside because that's not the whole story. Absolutely. Why is the sexual revolution propaganda so relentless and increasingly? Oh, I love this question. I mean, you put these questions together when you wrote the book a number of years back, Jennifer. Yeah. But yeah. the, they, they continue to be so relevant to what we are dealing with. It says, why are they increasingly bizarre? <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you, Somali. I'm going to just pause here. This book was published in 2018, okay, five years ago, which means most of the writing was done before that, right? Mm-hmm. And if if this book had been simply a catalog of crazy things going on, it would have been out of date the minute it was printed That's right. because this stuff is going so fast, you know? Yeah. But but the reality is that, uh, that having a – what the book gives you is a structure for understanding what we're dealing with. So that you don't feel so overwhelmed, so that you can feel confident when you speak out against it. Mm-hmm. We just went through the three ideologies. That's everything you encounter will be one of those three things. And so that means there are only three big ideas that you have to master, right? And, and, and if you understand what's at the, what the core issue is, um, th- then, and you've got a set of arguments that deal with that, a set of knowledge that deals with that. You can be confident when you speak out against it. You can be confident when you're going to the school board and explaining why you don't want certain books in the school library. This is not censorship. It's about age-appropriate material for agents of the state to be putting in front of small children. That's what the issue is. It has nothing to do with censorship, okay? Because we're not talking about adults making uh, m- making uh, adult decisions, right? We're talking about propaganda. So. Uh, coming back to um, the, the whole question of propaganda, and this, I think, is the, the is at the heart of the sexual state. The three ideologies I mentioned, Molly, you and your listeners can surely see that all three of those ideologies are incorrect and impossible, right? Mm-hmm. It's not possible to create a whole society where sex and babies are disconnected. No matter how much birth control and abortion you have, some of those little babies are going to sneak through. And you're going to have and you're going to have babies and they're going to be and they're going to flow from sexual encounters between a man and a woman. That's going to happen. Kids actually do need their parents. So the divorce ideology at its core is just rotten to the core. And the evidence that kids need their parents is going to be hitting you in the face all the time. The suffering that young people endure because of the divorce of their parents, the pain that adults put each other through through the whole divorcing process, that's, that is going to be in your face on a regular basis. And then finally, the gender ideology, you know, if you open your eyes, you're going to see that men and women actually are different and it carries through every aspect of your life. I heard somebody talking about the transgender issues. So anthropologists saying, you know what, when we die, somebody dig up our skeletons, you know, a hundred years from now, they will be able to look at the skeleton and say, that is a female skeleton right there. 
That is a male skeleton right there. You you really can't. You can't change you can't it. <laughs> change it with these cosmetic things that they're trying to do. It's yeah. very superficial. So when you've got when you've got the ruling class committed to a, a three part ideology that simply cannot be. This is impossible to make these things happen. Two things have to happen. Number one, they need a lot of power to do the impossible, which personally I think is the main appeal of all of this. Mm-hmm. They need a lot of power to do the impossible. And number two, it will take unending propaganda That's right. to keep people in line. Because you're going to see on a daily basis that your little boy and your little girl behave differently and feel differently and that you need to interact with them differently. You're going to see evidence of that on a daily basis that men and women are different. Okay, all across the board, you're going to see things that contradict the sexual revolution. And so, therefore, they got to be in your face all the time pointing to these examples of exceptions and how normal and how typical and isn't it wonderful and isn't that child so brave and yada, yada, yada. It's endless. You know, you know, Molly, they're still trying to tell people every once in a while, you'll see a magazine article talking about open marriage and how I know. look at this brave woman has has two boyfriends and her husband's okay with it and it's really fine and you know oh, and really her husband crazy. has two wives i mean, yeah. th- I mean you know, honestly and, and they've been pushing this stuff since the 70s yeah and and you know and back in the day back in the 70s even if it was really going to work it would have worked by now but, but i can tell you back in the 70s i knew plenty of people who tried this nonsense and i can't think of a single case where it actually worked absolutely you know you know right yeah. you see divorces and you know Oh, and, and you know, and the very things okay. that the very thing that they that they are, they continually um, accuse us of um, is exactly what's happening within these cultures, within the sort of this cultural uh, um, malaise that's happening right now, and that is abuse. There is so much abuse that oh. goes on. Believable yes. abuse. Uh, you know, yes. I'm, I have a very dear friend, Linda Harvey, who, who does this. This is all she does is she just, she, you know, she checks out what's going on right now, today, currently. What's going on right now? Where is the dangers? And, and the things that she finds, uh, Jennifer, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable what's going on. So yeah, there's, you know, a, there's huge abuse. Yeah. So, do you know, we interviewed Linda Harvey on our on my video podcast program, the Dr. J Show. So all of your all your people, you know, uh, all yeah. of Molly's people, your people are my people. Absolutely. Hey, you know, we we've all got to stick together, Jennifer. I mean, honestly, yeah, no, this is yeah, and yeah, we, okay. we we've got a we've got a huge task ahead of us as we. Yes. Uh, but with God, everything is possible. That's it. That's on our state <laughs> motto. It's on our. It's in front of our state house steps. I interviewed a detective guy who had spent five years investigating crimes against children, uh, most of which were sex crimes against children. And he told me that he could count on the fingers of one hand the number of times that the perpetrator was the biological father married to the child. Okay, it is almost always the mother's new boyfriend. Okay, the mother's new boyfriend is, is for sure the most dangerous person for a child, right? Oh, and so, so all of this conversation about how, you know, you can switch out your sex partners whenever you want and everything's going to be okay. That is so short-sighted. Absolutely. You know, just so And dangerous. Dangerous for our children. Dangerous for the, called the sexual state. And you can get it from the website exactly the same, thesexualstate.com. Jennifer, anything new in the works? We've got about a half a minute or a minute left. 
Anything new? Well, you know, we're in the middle of a fundraising campaign that we call Resist Pride Back to School Edition. Uh, because there's just so much crazy stuff going on in the school. So right now we have a lot of information on our Facebook page um, and, of course, in our newsletter focused on this theme. But uh, all of your people should sign up for the Ruth absolutely. newsletter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Jennifer Roback-Morse, as always, a true modern-day hero here. Thank you so much for all you're doing, Jennifer. God bless Thanks, you. Thanks, Molly. God bless you lots. Bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class, inspiring guest.